we got here was, you know, like anything, it just didn't happen yesterday. So we have to go back to a major industry change around 2009 where there was a crash in Buffalo. And the minimums, and at that time we were putting uh, very young pilots uh, with about 250 hours of experience uh, flying a major jet. Um, although experience, uh, unfortunately, wasn't the issue in that particular um, in that particular crash, there were several a lot of lives lost. Uh, Congress changed the hours to a minimum of 1,500 hours before you could go into an airline position. Uh, if you go through a you know like Kent State, uh, an accredited university uh, that has a, a program, you can get what's called a restricted airline transport certificate at a thousand hours, as long as you have the, the training through the flight school and the academic portion. Um, and also, too, we have to take a look at COVID. A lot of the pilots who were nearing retirement were actually encouraged to retire. So we lost a lot of pilots on the top, and unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of pilots coming in. Uh, you know, I can't. We are. You know, that's one of the more uh, populous programs right now, where, where there's a lot of students applying uh, to get in. Uh, but you know, even if you take the aggregate of all flight schools, and I'm not just talking about collegiate flight schools across the university, they're only producing about 2,500 to 3,000 uh, pilots a year, and not all of them are going to be airline bound. So that coupled with COVID, coupled with, hey, the last decade, you know, the, the cost of entry. Uh, I know I have one child who's just uh, coming near the end of her flight training will be going into, uh, and that's the benefit, too. These kids are coming out of university with, with job offers, and these are good job offers. And for many years, pilots weren't paid that well. Uh, now that's changed. It's actually really exciting uh, to see uh, that it's a very lucrative career. Uh, insofar now is that uh, Delta, I was talking to a Delta Airlines captain, and they're hiring 200 new pilots a month. Um, and, and they're still, still a, a, an exceptional shortage. And it's not just the pilots. It's also ATC, air traffic control. Uh, it's also not just, you know, airport managers. It's also the, the baggage team. It takes about a thousand uh, people to get one flight into the air. So keep that in back of your mind when you're seeing a commercial, you're getting on a commercial plane. There's a, it's a big team effort, a big group project, so to speak, of a thousand people getting that aircraft in the air. Jason Lorenzen is with us. He is the aeronautics coordinator and assistant professor at Kent State's College of Aeronautics and Engineering. Jason, also doing some reading, and I'll let you elaborate because you mentioned the COVID effect here. Also, global events effect, and a lot of these flight carriers get their pilots from military personnel. And a lot of the military personnel have either retired or they're still being used because of where we are globally. Is that true? That's absolutely true, and even there, uh, the Air Force, the Marines, the Army, they all have a shortage, a very extensive shortage, where they're part of the recruitment effort. Uh, you know, imagine being an undergraduate student and getting a very lucrative offer, not just from an airline, but even from the military, from the Air Force, to go and, and, and be a pilot for them. It's actually quite exciting if you're the student, not so much if you're the consumer, because obviously, uh, again, we don't see enough pilots uh, taking those positions and we end up seeing the flight cancellations. 
Jason Lorenzen with us from Kent State University. So don't Jason as well. Then I want to get into what you're doing at Kent State with hours and students and such. But doesn't the industry have to look at themselves in the mirror a little bit as well? They were given dollars to make sure that they had pilots as COVID continued down the road. And even though they lost pilots, they didn't have that money or they didn't supply that money to try to keep those pilots on board. They didn't replace them. Yeah, you're exactly right on that. They didn't replace them. And the pipeline, I would say the pipeline broke down. Because, again, you know, collegiate and even the, the local flight schools at the airports, they're only producing, like I said, 25 to, to, to 3,000 pilots a year, if that, in the United States. So now what the airlines have done, Delta Airlines has a very creative program called Propel, where they come in and they get undergraduate students. They give them what's called a qualified job offer. Frontier does the same thing. Uh, JetBlue is doing the same thing. And United, they all have these programs where they're trying to get cadet pilots um, at the undergraduate level. Some of the other airlines have tried to start their own flight school. But, again, that's like a, um, a drop in the bucket or, or, or throwing a glass of water in the ocean. It's still, you know, it, 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 it'll help uh, alleviate some of the problems and the, symp- the symptoms of the situation, but it's not going to solve our problem. So, Jason, let's get in to the aeronautics school at Kent State, uh, at the University of Kent State, and, and talk about what you have going there, the amount of students, how popular the program is, especially what has transpired the last couple of years, and then what's involved in the training and the schooling and the amount of hours in getting these students ready. So we have six different Aeronox programs, of course, the, the biggest one being the professional pilot, and that's where student will come in. It's a four-year degree. Uh, they'll have uh, their, their academics. I teach the aviation law to them when they're in their senior year in another uh, a, a course called Aviation Security and Policy. But, you know, their first year, they're gonna, if they don't come in already with a private certificate, they're going to be studying their pro- for their private certificate. They're going to be taking uh, classes specifically in weather theory. Uh, they're going to be taking classes in airport operations, airline operations. And then they're going to be taking uh, flight school or flight classes at the airport. And it takes them about 40 to 50 hours to get their private. Then they go in immediately and get what's called their instrument rating. Uh, that's one of my favorite uh, certificates to get because that enables the student to fly the pilot to fly through clouds. Because uh, as we know, in northeast Ohio, we usually have these, these uh, cloudy gray days, but, you know, <laughs> we have to get through get on top of the clouds and there's beautiful sunshine, but that's probably one of the more difficult things to get. Uh, but that's the second step. The third step is their commercial certificate, uh, where they're learning how to really docilely move the aircraft with passengers on board. Um, and then their multi-engine rating, which uh, that's one of the courses I teach there, because we don't have enough instructors uh, to teach uh, how to fly with two engines. And then the, um, the final step is their certified flight instructor ratings. And that's really where they, the students will start to gain their hours. As they matriculate through the program, they have a chance to come and teach at Kent State and teach the, the other students who are going through the program. Um, so it's, it's quite exciting that way. We have about 350 students uh, in the flight program. There's 500 who are waiting to matriculate through it. So it's definitely one of our uh, biggest uh, programs. Like I said, there's also air traffic control. We're going to need those folks to, 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 to push the aircraft through the sky safely. Uh, then there's the airport managers. So 
definitely, but you know, the most popular uh, part of the program is the professional pilot. And I said that too uh, because major airlines do look at us. Delta has the Propel program with us, where they recruit students directly. Uh, they have to go after they graduate to what's called a regional, which is a feeder to Delta. Um, United has the same program through Aviate, and then we have also JetBlue uh, in our in our program now that actually will 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 give the students qualified job offers. So they have to get a certain amount of hours before they can go into the airlines, which right now is about a thousand hours they need to get before they get to restricted ATP, but a thousand hours with the regional. And about two two thousand to twenty five hundred hours are in a major what we call major legacy airline. So that's that's kind of the the outline, and that's why it takes so long. And that's why the other reason too is we have a pilot shortage, and you know there's room for more students. And we have a September tenth at Aeronautics and Engineering Expo at the Kent State Airport where students can come, families can come and learn about how to become a pilot. So there's certainly opportunities out there, local flight schools. Um, things that students can do in high school as well. Well, one of the things I heard Jason say there is the, the, the carriers recruiting from Kent State to get the additional schooling to get them up in the sky and represent their carriers in the flights. Jason, what Kent State has that I don't know if any other university has in the country is your own airport. Yes, that's, yeah, it's, uh, and it's, it's been there, what, well over a hundred years. Yeah. So it definitely is, um, but even there, we're, we're limited in terms of airspace and space, right? So um, it's not that big of an airport, but it's really done uh, it's really done well for us over the past 50 years, the life of the program. Um, but uh, even then, uh, you know, if we had two or three runways, we probably still wouldn't uh, produce enough uh, enough pilots uh, to deal with the, the pilot shortage. Well, it's pretty oh, exciting. Yeah. It's pretty exciting what you're doing at Kent State. We're talking with Jason Lorenzen, aeronautics coordinator, assistant professor at Kent State College's aeronautics and engineering, talking about what they're doing as far as teaching and studies and, and getting these pilots ready. Before I let you go, Jason, I want to circle back to the problem that we have in the country with a shortage of pilots. How long, if we keep going down the road we are, both on the positive and negative side, how long do you foresee us being back to where we were a decade ago as having enough pilots to satisfy the industry? You know, the industry, both Airbus and Boeing, I think if, if I remember the numbers correctly, I think they're calling for at least 600,000 pilots over the next 20 years. So it's going to take us a lot. That's globally. Both Airbus and, and, and uh, Boeing are, are doing this. They have the same uh, forecast. So if you think we're, you know, 18,000 short now, um, you know, again, encouraging the younger generation uh, to, to actually take that up as a career. I think it's going to take us at least another decade before we even start to consider looking at that uh, as being back in, in, in where we have enough pilots. So it's going to definitely be a long-term problem. But there are definitely airline flight schools such as Kent State that are definitely working at alleviating this problem.